1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to How To Tuesday. Today, we've had a lot of questions over the years about how to get more comfortable around the water, how to be safer when you're on the water. And, you know, I could think of no one better than my friend, Captain Scott Brown, who is also a military dive instructor down at the base in Key West. And man, you talk about somebody that's comfortable around the water. Scott, you have you have, uh, probably the most water confidence of maybe anybody I've ever been around. Um, so I wanted to call you and kind of, kind of talk this through and see, see how people could gain more confidence on the water, whether that's on their boat or surfing or whatever it is that they're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate being back on the, on the podcast, Tom, you know, we, uh, we started writing an article, the other day just about water confidence because we have a lot of people asking how we uh, instill that in our kids and um, so we got we got a lot of people asking us so I went ahead did the article uh, we did a short video and then uh, glad we could follow it up with this podcast but yeah the way that I yeah. the way that I view water confidence is just being mentally and physically prepared for anything in like the maritime environment you know I mean if, if you truly think about it, I want to say 71% of the Earth is covered in water. So, it's inevitable that we as humans are going to encounter that foreign environment, you know. But mm-hmm. um, the way that it's practical for kids is obviously in terms of safety, you know. And that's, that's kids and adults. I mean... From 2005 to 2014, uh, there was like 3,500 uh, fatal unintentional drownings in the United States, and that's that's annually. And uh, we're talking 10 drownings per day, and that's non-boat related. I mean, if you want to start talking boats, there's like 332 people that drown from boat accidents in addition to that number. But and wow. one in one in five of those are are kids 14 years. And younger, so I mean, it's pretty imperative that um, you, as an adult, are confident in the water, especially if you're going to be responsible for kids in the water. And that's that's near the water. You don't have to necessarily be in the water, but you should have a pretty good understanding of how the water affects us. You know, but so and I'm sure. So how, you've how do you recommend that? that
1: people? Yeah, how do you recommend that that people gain that experience?
0: So. Every single time a human being is in the water, your body is adapting to that environment, and that's that's mentally and actually physically. If you want to look at it from the diving perspective, but we're uh, we're going to go more into like that mental aspect, um, and that's everything in life. You should have a good understanding mentally on on what you're doing, um, especially in an environment that is foreign to you. And just because you're on a boat every day and you're constantly out on the water, that's all on a boat. If you were to fall into the water, that's a totally different situation. And you got to be mentally prepared for that, which leads right into physically. Um, Every single year that I lived in Destin, Florida, there was a usually obese, unathletic person that died from heart attack because of his inability to get to shore and the knowledge required to get out of that rip current. And so, even trained athletes can work themselves beyond 180 beats per minute and then succumb to physical exhaustion, and then that leads to drowning. So, Mm -hmm. the way that we mitigate that, you know, is... um, Signing up for possibly a waterman survival course, signing up for a free diving course, um, signing up for swim lessons. You know, I'm kind of outrunning my headlights here because there's a lot of people in the United States that can't even swim. You know, that life jacket's only going to save you for so long. And then it's going to come down to treading water, being able to float. There was another study done. It was like 88% of people in the United States said that they could survive in the in the water. 44% of those people couldn't execute the five basic tasks that it took to survive in the water. And they're they're basic tasks that you and I take for granted. It was like treading water, water, I believe, um, being able to pull yourself uh, onto the gunnel or out of the pool, being able to get back on a boat, just being able to possess the upper body strength to be able to lift yourself out of a zero gravity environment some other ones were just swim. I think it was like a simple one, like swim 50 meters, something ridiculous. And half of America couldn't even, or 44% of America couldn't even do that. I mean, in the state of Florida alone, you're surrounded by water. I mean, if you can't pull yourself out of a pool, I mean, that's, that's a pretty sad way to go. Right.
1: And, and, you know, the other thing that, that a lot of people don't think about is, yeah, you know, I, I swim all the time. I'm, I'm a good swimmer. I'm very confident in the water, but you're wearing shoes and you know maybe if it's raining or bad weather which would be likely scenario for somebody to go over now you're wearing a rain suit and shoes and maybe you've never experienced a water environment wearing those type of clothes like it wouldn't be just the worst idea to throw yourself in a in a safe environment like a swimming pool and try to get out of those clothes at least once to to practice it. You know, like, I don't think people necessarily do that. Do they? Oh, I,
0: I totally agree. I mean, there's like a couple of tests that we do, um, on the military side of things. And one of them is just to prove that you are a totally different person with materials on as opposed to just jumping in with board shorts or, or a swimming suit. And so, if you want to add in that and environmental factors, you're a totally different being in the water. And it is a lot harder to be able to survive in the maritime environment when you do have clothes on or when you have something obstructing you, um, such as material items. But uh, there are ways to actually use that to your advantage. I don't want to get into the techniques, but I mean, you could use your shirt as a flotation device, uh, a unconventional flotation device if you had to. But the whole point is not to be able to rely on that. The whole point is to gain the knowledge, get out there, look for the knowledge, and then implement that knowledge by testing yourself, obviously, in a controlled, safe environment. But hmm. then you have the, uh, the kid aspect of things, you know. And I tell parents this all the time. Enroll your kids in some sort of wa- water survival or swim lessons as early as you can. I'm sure everyone's seen the videos. And if you haven't, you can look it up on YouTube of the infants surviving in water by them naturally rolling on their back, floating there without any help at all, and then screaming mm-hmm. for help. Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty crazy um, feat for for an infant to be able to accomplish, wouldn't you agree, you know? I mean, uh, who, no, who knew we possessed but, that?
1: <laughs> well, it seems like a crazy kind of thing when you see it for the first time, but, you know, it's not like you; those infants have have gone through extensive training. It happens in just a few classes or maybe even on the first class uh, where the, the baby has kind of an innate um, skill of doing that and kind of... You know, you just need to reinforce it, and we did that with our kids. um, Which I would suggest for anyone that lives in a warm environment, especially the state of Florida. There's, you know, you may not own a boat, you may not ever go out in a boat, but the ability for a child to be walking around a neighborhood that has a swimming pool behind every single house, it is. Vitally important that if that kid were to fall in one of those or jump in one of those pools or what, however they were to get there, that they could survive it. And uh, those courses are readily available uh, at YMCA's and public swimming pools, and I don't know where else they have them. But um, do you know any of the names of those courses?
0: I don't. I just in the Panhandle, and this is just from my experience. Um, there was one lady. Her name was Coach Mary. I don't know the operation that she ran, but she was out of Destin, Florida. And I'll definitely promote that course because I mean it got our son Grayton in, in ship shape when it came to water survival. And it, it, we put enrolled him into like a two-week crash course on just like, hey, here's the water, here's how your body is affected by the water. And this is all in terms of being able to convey to an infant, you know, or a toddler. And so I mean, I saw some pretty, pretty young kids in there, way younger than Grayton. I think Grayton was two years old. And then after that, once he was confident with that, we signed him up for actual swim lessons, which ranged from six weeks. And I believe that was in a dead of summer. And uh, it taught him everything from floating on his back, which is actually um, kids really don't like that. They don't like the water getting on their face and they don't like that that motion of of being on their back or that position of being on their back in the water. And so he gained confidence there. He gained confidence from falling into the water, being able to pull himself back up onto the gunnel of the pool and then being able to swim. And then it's, I want to say the cumulative event was subsurface diving in like two feet of water and then gathering some rings off the bottom of the pool, which I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome for a kid to be able to hold his breath and pull some rings up at at two two and a half years old so that's uh that is the route that we went i want to say there's many routes that you can but the whole point is just exposing them to that aquatic environment as early as possible obviously with some controls in place um if you're going to be doing that by yourself so but Mm you uh you definitely want to instill that very young and not just go the route of, oh, my kid's got a life jacket on. My kid's got a life jacket on. Yeah, man, like cool. I understand it. You need to have your life jacket on, especially when underway or the water is turbid or if there's a lot of current. Those three things, like my kid's got a life jacket on 24-7. You know, if we're at the sandbar, you know, we want to remove that that safety off of him because we don't want him to rely on that. You know, we in place other control measures like Lindsay and I will all we're always watching him when he's in the water, but we want him to be a little uncomfortable. We want him to experience that. We want to put that little stressor on him to make him realize like, hey, man, like I, I've actually got to swim to stay afloat, you know, because they're not learning <laughs> if they're just floating all day long in a life jacket. But that's what we did, um, early on. We're going to start that with Chandler. She just turned a year. So as soon as that water gets warm again, um, we're, we're also searching for a a swim instructor down here to be able to put Mm. her through that. But I don't know. I mean, if you have any recommendations, that would, that would be awesome down here in the Keys. I I just
1: kind of wonder, you know, you, you're, you're so confident in the water and have so much experience. Why is it that you're not choosing to, to teach your your own kids? Is that time or is that um, kind of like teaching your girlfriend how to fly fish? It's just a bad idea.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's actually an awesome question. So I'm a subject matter expert in teaching grown men how to be combat divers. I am by no means a subject matter expert When teaching infants and you know what's funny is when I watch those infant classes and those those young kids swim classes, I'm like, man, this is brutal. (laughs) I mean, it (laughs) looks like these poor kids are getting waterboarded down down, over here, you know, but I mean, (laughs) it is the right way to do it. And uh, I see like a lot of parents cringing. I mean, even me, I was like, oh, man, that's that's tough. Like I know grown men that would be uncomfortable in that situation. But yeah, I don't have the time nor the knowledge when dealing with, uh, that specific thing, you know what I mean? I'm not, right. I, don't, I don't know enough and I'm not comfortable enough not to say that I couldn't do it, but obviously if I went and researched how to do it, um, but that just comes down to time. You know, I, I would rather have a subject matter expert do that with my kids than, than myself. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, what about as uh the one thing that, that we talked about, um, quickly, that I see as, as kind of a, a problem that has a, a pretty easy solution for, for the most part is the inability to lift yourself back up onto the boat. And this is something that I would imagine a lot of people think they have that ability, but they really don't. And as you um, you see different boats, you know, you go to a higher and higher side, sided boat, I mean, sometimes that can be really difficult. You can't even, even if you're an elite athlete, you may not be able to reach the side of an offshore boat. And this was something that was going on in the bass world uh, many years ago where they kind of realized, wow, these boats are really sleek. They're also very slippery. They're, you know, people are waxing these things and you try to get in a bass boat. It was oh, very yeah, difficult, and so they came up with this this ladder system that is now being the same type of ladder system as being put on um, offshore boats and bay boats and every kind of boat because it's just a great idea. It, it collapses into the hull, and you you know pull this string, and it pulls this ladder out, and steps kind of um, unfold, and so it, it's just always there. And it's absolutely. basically an emergency ladder. You could use it for boarding, you know, for for diving or whatever. But it's you could come up with a better ladder uh, yeah, that's to, a good if point. you were getting in the boat in and out. But that's that's the kind of thing that that that's really just a little bit of money, and that's just a that, an option that you can pick on on a boat where hopefully you'll never have to use it. You'll hopefully oh, you'll never have to. But you know and that that comes. Boats down are to hard to get into.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, totally agreed. You know that that comes down to knowing your environment and knowing your limitations. And and you brought up a perfectly good point: falling into the water, not being able to get back up. And I take, we take advantage of that. Um, and we, we never really, I never even really thought about that because my my uh, my maverick is so low to the water in the back that it's easy for Grayton to to jump back up onto the stern of the boat. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if that was a center console, I mean, that would, he would have to have a ladder. I mean, I would need a ladder if I didn't have fins on to be able to get up on the back, but yeah, that's uh, you got to know your limitations and you have to know your environment, um, all the time, especially when you're in the water. But, and not just that, I wanted to bring up another point. This is a little, um, outside of water confidence, but it, it ties into it. I see a lot of parents riding around without their safety leashes on in their boats and I know a couple horror stories and I know one guy, an acquaintance that died from not wearing a safety leash. He got ejected out of the boat. He tried to swim back to the boat while it was on and the boat's doing circles and it ran over him. I mean, if your oh, kids man. are, if your kids are in your boat and you get ejected and you're not wearing that safety leash and that boat keeps on going, I mean, that that's horrible, you know, and it could have easily been prevented. You know, it's just like that life jacket underway. You got to be wearing your safety leash, all right? So you owe it to your family, you know. But right, I, I understand we're we're crunched for time, but but yeah, that's the that's my main view on water confidence, and that's how we implement that uh, into our family. So, but there's a lot of okay. uh, good, a lot of information,
1: all good, all good advice from somebody that that has spent a lot of time in and around the water in a lot of different um, capacities um uh, recreationally and professionally as well. Um, you know, I guess if we could do anything, it would be to, to, um, you know, it really kind of urge people that have young kids to get, find one of those classes. And I'm sure that there are many, many different, my, my youngest child is now 16. So I'm kind of out of the loop on which one would be best right now. So I don't want to make any recommendations, but Google, I'm sure would show you all the different uh, courses that are available and the ones that are the nearest to you. But I don't know what what the youngest age is, but I mean, I got my oldest son started swimming when he was incredibly young. People would freak out at the pool when he would just, (laughs) you know, I would put him underneath the water and they were just like, what is going on? Like, it looked like a a baby he was a baby and uh and he he got that water confidence very early
0: it's that's uh, super important I'll tell you what I'll do uh following this I'm gonna go and do some research and uh, I'll do a, I'm going to put a list of uh reputable swim instructors in several regions of the state of Florida and uh, I'll okay. put that on my website but um okay and yeah, I'll tell you is it's uh www.hookedonfamily.com and uh, okay. I've got going to do a bunch of editorials on there, and this is uh, probably one of the most important ones. So I'll put in the time and research and get get us some answers for those parents out there that are seeking water confidence.
1: All right, well, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it, Scott. That's great. And if you have not listened to the podcast that we did with with Scott and his whole family, the Hooked on Family podcast that just recently was out um, last week, I think, but you can find that to find out more information about what they're doing. You go to hookedonfamily.com. Is that correct?
0: Uh, that is correct, Tom. H-
1: hookedonfamily.com. And then you've got a YouTube page, um, also Hooked on Family. That's that correct. Right? Yep. Okay. And then your charter service is Push It Good Inshore. Um, Absolutely. So if you want to fish with, with Captain Scott, you can do that. And uh, you can also find lots of great resources about water confidence, and especially as that pertains to kids, on that website. So, Scott, thank you very much. I know you're a busy man. We'll let you go. And for everybody else, if you enjoy this podcast, give us a five-star rating and review. That would go a long way to helping other people find the podcast. And you can always send me an email at podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.